Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is AppSats Radio, help for partners after sexual betrayal. We talk about it here. Betrayal trauma. We are AppSats certified clinical partner specialists and coaches who have been trained to help navigate you through this crisis. There is nothing we won't talk about. So I've got Amy on the line. Amy, welcome to the show. What's your question? Well, I have a question about what um, healthy sexuality looks like when Mm. a sex addict is in recovery. One of the things we know about research and sex addicts is that they don't necessarily want sex with their own wife. And so to me, that says he's in really good recovery because he does want that with you. He has been two years sober. He has been in three facilities. And I suspect that's how he's wanting closeness with you. That's exactly right. You know, plenty of sex addicts do want sex with their wives. But when they have trained their brain to want pornography, they oftentimes can't have satisfying relationships. So, hey. I am Carol Jurgensen-Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, and we're here to talk to you about what are the patterns? What do you typically see? Because we're all about you. We are all about the partners. We want you to be informed. We want you to be educated. And we want you to be nurtured. And for that reason, you've heard me mention before that I am going to Italy, and I decided to invite the travel agent, and my good friend, Leslie E., who is working on providing this trip for partners so that we can all go to Italy and really experience a lot of R&R as well as adventure. It is going to be an adventure tour. So, Leslie Enders, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I have been dying to ask you some questions as well as what is your intent? In terms of providing this tour, we really wanted to make this for partners. Tell me why you thought that there's such a good population to um, nurture. Uh, Well, I especially have a heart for um, partners of sex addicts, and I also – My business is travel, but I also have a huge heart for women. And I also believe that through travel, uh, one can experience a lot of healing. When when you travel, you are in a different um, surroundings. You're out of your triggers, really. You're out of your uh, normal culture. And if you're seeing beautiful things, you're hearing a different language, and you are traveling away as a form of mindfulness, so you are very present. And I think in that state, it, we're already ready to open up and to be uh, and to uh, learn and to move forward and to transform. Oh, I would 100% agree with you. And what we know um, about partners here at APSATS is that they really, they are so out of their comfort zone. They're always thinking about the past and what they didn't have, what they didn't know. And 
a future. Are they really going to get what they need from the addict? And whether you're with the addict or not, it's super important to focus in on what you need. And we've done polls before and surveys, and partners really enjoy travel. Now, there is a caveat here, and oftentimes if they are still with the addict, they um, are afraid. And so we're going to be talking during that week about how to detach from feeling like you have to keep everything in control um, and, and how you can start taking care of yourself. Much of this trip is going to be me providing workshops on post-traumatic growth and finding happiness again and how to have intentional self-care. So if you would, since you're the travel part of this, let our listening audience know what they can expect from Saturday, the 26th, to August, when we return. Well, it's planned out uh, very carefully, and we will arrive um, at dinner time at the farmhouse. And the farmhouse is in a very beautiful spot in Tuscany, and it's not a real touristy spot. It's um, it's kind of out in the country a little bit. It's about 45 minutes from Florence, uh, 40 minutes from Siena, uh, and it is on the east flank of the Chianti Hills. And it is it has been a uh, really a vineyard and olive groves. Um, about 650 acres for over 300 years. And so it is gorgeous. There are giant cypress trees, beautiful olive groves, vineyards. Um, The house we're staying in is a 200-year-old farmhouse that um, will house everyone. We have our own outdoor eating area that the canopy is this beautiful tree and there's a swimming pool Um, and then when the women come we do a welcome dinner in the big um, kitchen and actually in in, uh, because it'll be summer I'm sure we'll be out under the tree (laughs) with uh, seeing the, um, the beautiful evening colors and what's really magical about this trip is also the the friendships that form and the support that forms that um, in all my experience with my tours, whether they are um, a therapeutic tour or self-discovery tour, just a cultural tour, women really, really connect. And then uh, every breakfast will be provided. um, And we have our own private Italian chefs that come in and prepare breakfast. Um, lunch or dinner and we you know occasionally we will be out and about so we'll eat lunch in a town somewhere locally or we may go to a a special local restaurant and most of our meals will be at the farmhouse and there's hiking um, all around Um, there uh, there is Roman ruins there's a medieval tower there is a the original villa on the property with the gardens all around it uh, is nearby. 
there is a medieval um, chapel that is still used um, by the local community, especially for baptisms and weddings. And it's just a, a beautiful area. We'll be going, of course, we are going to be having Coach Carol uh, bring us together and teach um, at, at least five sessions. And then we will have the rest of our days where we're going to be cooking together. We're going to have an Italian cooking class. We're going to do wine tasting. We're going to uh, go on a day trip to local um, hilltop towns uh, that have medieval uh, centers. And it's just going to be a very special time. I believe that true growth happens when we're open, we're relaxed, we're safe, experiencing the beauty around us, we're experiencing life, and we're getting good teaching. So it's going to be fantastic. Well, thank you for addressing that because it really is. It's R&R. I'm going to be teaching. I've offered a coaching session for every woman that wants to come and Leslie, tell them how they can take a look at this trip and take a look at the other trips that you have set up for the year. Um, the, I have a website, which is HTTPS, um, and then slash slash, uh, street, uh, sorry, streetviewadventure.com. And then I also have a Facebook group, for um, it's called this focuses on women more in uh, midlife, but it's called Women Over Forty, uh, creating community with travel. And maybe Carol can post a link to that because that's a place where uh, it's for all women, um, all, all women who are interested in travel. But there's lots of wonderful discussions that go on in there, and it's just all about travel. So. Those are the two places to learn about more about um, this tour and and other tours. Yes, because you take women all over the world. But, of course, I'm going to be selfish, and I'm going to want the partners and the clinicians and the coaches that listen to the show to come on our trip. Again, it, it leaves the end of July, and we come back the beginning of August. So, Leslie, thank you for having that heart for partners and for having contacted me and and talking to me about let's do something special for these partners. And um, we just hope to see them with us in Italy. And for now, Leslie, arrivederci. Ah, ciao. (laughs) Ciao. Bye. Bye. That's right. Now, think about other ways that you can and are able to treat yourself to opportunities for R&R and self-care. I mean, if you can't afford the trip, hey, take a bubble bath. And if you don't like baths, hey, get out there and enjoy the crisp, clean air. There's always ways for self-care. So please don't stop yourself. You know, put yourself first. That is ever so important when you're dealing with betrayal. 
Because as you know, betrayal activates the brain. And when the brain is activated, or I should say overly activated, it's hard to feel safe. And you're thinking about all sorts of things that could happen. You're worried for your own family. You're wondering if your husband or wife, depending on whoever it is, um, you're wondering if they're going to pull out of it. And, you know, sex addiction is the toughest addiction to curtail. It's the toughest addiction to manage. I know I just had a couple in here a few hours ago, and they, oh, boy, they really were reeling because he's had a relapse. And she was hoping that this time would be different. Now, what I did was I pointed out that there are indeed ways that this is very different than other relapses. It's not nearly as bad. But I called us together to be a committee because this guy has it in him to get his life together. And we're going to help to hold him accountable by sharing our bottom lines. And you might say, well, Carol, what in the world might be a bottom line for you? And, you know, in this situation, I told this man that if he didn't start bringing uh, a list, the men he called on a daily basis, that I was going to have to terminate therapy because I didn't want to work harder than he, he was. And we really felt like he needed more connection. The second thing we wanted him to do was we wanted him to get a second job. We still think he has too much time on his hands and that that is contributing to the problem. So that was a second requirement I made of his therapy. I'm not micromanaging his life, but as a certified sexual addictions therapist who cares that this man get healthy and be the man that he needs to be for his wife, you know, we came together and decided what would enhance his life to enhance his recovery. And all three of us knew that these were two viable options that he could place in his life to really set the theme for better recovery. Speaking of recovery, this fits right into what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I know that you all get very frustrated when your spouse uh, attends a lot of meetings and all of a sudden you feel like a recovery widow. You know, you just don't feel like you um, are getting enough of him. But what we know is community is the antidote to addiction, to sexual addiction, to porn addiction. And so today we're going to be talking with Carl Thomas, who wants to speak on the importance of community when it comes to finding freedom from compulsive behaviors and problematic sexual behaviors. He has actually created this app and some small groups online to help men find connection when they don't have face-to-face groups available to him to them. And so Carl is brilliant, and he has put this thing together to help 
really provide the antidote to addiction, which is connection. And so I'm so happy to have Carl on the show. And what I know to be true is that when you give back, you feel better about yourself and you know you're making a difference. So, Carl, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I don't, Absolutely. I don't, I don't know you... if I'd say brilliant, but <laughs> that was a very nice intro. Well, I heard that from a partner <laughs> that has actually had. Oh, okay. um, yes, yeah, so I trusted her. She's one of my favorites. Um, All right. And I'll, so I'll send tell her the us check. a little you know, one of the things I said to, to our listeners prior to, I said that sometimes partners can feel like widows because their husbands are so good at finding support and having lots of um, SAA and SA groups and men of the battle and, you know, just all the resources out there. And yet I have worked with lots and lots of couples where the sex addict is not really able to access much for him. And I love that you're offering small groups online, and you've done so by creating this app. So if you would, give us a little bit of background. How would you come up with this idea? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, just a little clarity. So we have small groups and we have the app, and there's like an overlap between those two resources, but they're actually separate resources. Um, the small groups program we developed about eight years ago when I was working with another organization, and I was the one that pioneered that, if you will. And we I, we had a test group with one one guy and one leader and like five guys. And then over the years, that program grew and grew and grew. Now we have like 60 plus groups and close to 500 people in the program. And anyway, working over the course of that time, working with that organization, which has been close to 10 years. One thing I noticed that I've been part of a lot of different resources that we had put out small groups was just one of them. And we had done workshops and all sorts of things, but I just personally had always found the biggest transformation I would see in someone's life was happening in our small groups program uh, because I led, I mean, I still lead a group today for pastors specifically. And I see guys come in and, you know, they've, they're using daily or weekly or whatever. And six months later, a year later, they're not using. And then sometime after that, hopefully they're actually leading a group for us. So I've just seen how community can really just radically change uh, a person's recovery trajectory but over that time, I also noticed that, at least in my opinion, I think we've missed out on the opportunity to help a lot of men because most of the resources out there from a porn addict perspective, and I, I know firsthand because I was that guy, uh, it, these resources ask a lot of us. So either financially um, or time-wise or just – requiring us to be super transparent about something that we have a lot of shame about and that we've never told anybody about. And it's like, Oh man, you want me to sign up for that? Are you kidding me? So I think there's gotta be something that we could do, which would 
kind of bridge the gap and allow men to kind of get into this recovery mindset, if you will, but without such a huge requirement on them up front. So that's where he came up with the idea of the Live Free Community app because guys can sign up. Um, it, gives them a, uh, it gives them a support community. It's not the small groups program per se, so it's kind of like a, a lower bar, if you will, but we have, you know, free courses and all this other stuff in there, and it just gives them a way to sign up with low cost, relative and an anonymity, because nobody knows they're signing up except for the guys that are in the app, and they all have the same issues, so there's, there's no issues there. Uh, and just gives them the ability to start getting used to this idea of like, hey, I can actually talk about this. Hey, I can actually get help with this. Hey, I can actually find people who are going to challenge me on some things but not beat me up because they understand where I'm at as well. Very, very safe. It's very anonymous. And do they then, with this online community, do they actually – text each other? Do they email each other? Or are they able to talk with each other? So with the app itself, uh, it's, all, it's all a safe environment. And it's all self-contained. So people can direct message each other. It's, it's kind of like a social network in some regards, but without all the, the noise and the spam and the junk. And it's more focused, obviously. But people can mm-hmm. message each other. Um, people can post to each other. We have affinity groups in there. So if let's just say you're a married man, you can be part of the overall network, but also part of the married men's group in there. So that way you're going back and forth with guys kind of in your situation. We have groups in there for pastors, military, all sorts of different affinity-based groups. Then our small groups program, that's a little more money a month, obviously, because it's more intense, but that's a weekly video meeting where you sign up and you, you get on every week, same time of the day with the same eight to 12 guys that's led by a leader that we train. Uh, and then those men also get access to the app, but they get, the, they get access to the app for free. Cause I don't, I'm not trying to sit here and double charge a bunch of people. I mean, we're just trying to support the ministry. So if they're in our small groups program, they have access to the app automatically. And then inside the app, we have groups uh, that belong specifically to our small groups program. So they can kind of carry on that conversation they're having with those 10 to 12 guys every week. They can carry on that conversation daily because, you know, that's all, that's all chat-based. Okay, and you said support the ministry. So tell us a little bit about the ministry. Sure, yeah. Uh, so Live Free is a 501c3. Um, we're a faith-based organization. And uh, we, again, we offer two main resources. We offer the app and we offer the small groups program. And our, our biggest expense is honestly just technology. Uh, the, the, the bill for our video platform is Kachoga Horse. And then obviously all the app costs of development and maintaining that on a, quite frankly, daily basis. Yeah, I bet. And so, Obviously, I say to you, hey, where, where did your experience or qualifications come from? And you certainly acknowledge that you had a porn addiction, so you know what it's like to want to get out of this compulsive sexual behavior. And then 
your IT background? Did you have some of that too? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I'm not a developer. Uh, I understand technology pretty well, but it's more on the, uh, I guess you'd say the implementation app side. So I'm very good with technology, but I'm not a coder. So you're not, you never want to hire me to build your software. That would not go anywhere very well. But, but once the software is built, you might want me to go in there and try to figure it out and manage it and make sure it's playing nicely with all the other programs you're using. Okay, and then in terms of your porn addiction, how long did you have it before you found true recovery? Um, that's a good question. So I'm 49, so I kind of have the benefit, I guess you'd say, of growing up without broadband access and all the stuff that the kids face now. But even then, back then, we had our ways. So, I mean, I was first exposed to a Playboy magazine probably when I was nine. Um, and instantly, you know, that fired something in my brain saying, hey, I like this. And then throughout high school, I found opportunities, whether it was like on a cable box or whatever, to try to do it when I could. Uh, then in the college, you know, it just it got worse and worse and worse. And then, you know, then DSL came and then Broadband came and, then, and it was ridiculous. So I would say 20 plus years you know, dealing with it in, in one way or the other, probably the last 10 of those, it was pretty intense. Like it was daily. Um, and then I, I found freedom, I'd say about 10 years ago. So right when I was 39. And so what do you believe was the number one contributor to finally finding that freedom from porn addiction? Hmm. Um, well, yeah, that's a funny one because, I mean, I know it worked for me. It, trying, to, trying to explain that to other people sometimes is a bit of a challenge. But it was two things. One, it was finding somebody I trusted that I could start talking to and dialoguing through this stuff with. Uh, I mean, other than my wife, my wife knew about it once I told her, but, you know, I didn't really want to beat her up with those conversations every day. Like I kept her in the loop, but, um, you know, she's like, Hey, I don't need, I don't need to know all the details. That's just painful. Um, but when I found a guy, like a solid friend that I could say, Hey, like, let's talk about this on a regular basis. That was a big help. Uh, but the other thing for me was actually, it was actually just connecting, I guess, connecting like goals, like my life goals with the fact that like doing this stuff was preventing me from accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish. So, cause I was in the insurance business. I ran an insurance agency for like 17 years and I just never found that type of work fulfilling. I mean, it paid the bills, but I never enjoyed it that much. And I decided to go to seminary and uh, get my degree and get my degree there. And cause I just, I told my wife, I was like, I have a feeling like I'm supposed to do something in ministry, but I don't know what, but I'm going to, I'm going to go to seminary for now and at least get properly trained. So went to seminary and just, you know, through a conversation actually with somebody who had no idea that I was dealing with it at the time, had this like revolutionary moment because he was working in the ministry that helped guys. And he had said something to me about basically how a lot of his interactions were with pastors and how he had the unfortunate 
unpleasant, whatever you want to call it, job of a lot of times telling these men, like, hey, you know, you might want to think about backing things off or stepping down for a season until you kind of get this under control. And I was, when I heard that, I was like, what are you talking about? Because I had just dropped all this money on seminary. And this guy basically, without knowing it, was kind of telling me, like, hey, you, you really have no business doing that until you kind of get this thing kicked. And just, you know, that just, it kind of flipped, turned the switch for me and helped me realize, like, hey, you know, this, this, isn't just, um, this isn't just holding you back from, like, not having shame or not having a great marriage or some of these other things that you already know about. Like, this is literally holding you back from everything you really want to do. And uh, so then the, I'd say you'd say the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess the value proposition that Port offered me, like suddenly, like in a matter of minutes went down the toilet, you know, cause it was just like, wow, like the, the value it offers me is so inferior compared to what I really want to do with my life that it just became yeah. a lot easier to start saying no at that point. But, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with it and you're not connecting like, what it's taking from you on like a life size scale and you're just dealing mm-hmm. with it moment by moment saying, Oh yeah, I don't really want to feel shame. I don't really want to get yelled at, but um, I really feel like I need this right now. Like when you're thinking short term like that, it some, some days you win and you go, Oh, Hey, you can talk yourself out of it. But a lot of days you lose because it's a short term reward, but in your mind, it's also a short term uh, short-term penalty, right? But now it's like, oh, a short-term, a short-term reward versus, um, in essence, a lifetime penalty, and that's just the, the the value there is just not there. Well, I I get that, and they say, you know, people change either because they actually hit um, their bottom line behaviors, and they're like, I can't stand myself anymore. Or mm-hmm. because they've been able to figure out something that brings them purpose and passion, and they have to get an integrity to live that part of their legacy out. And that sounds like that was you, that you knew that you couldn't be what you really wanted to be and what God intended you to be until you gave it up for good. And so yeah. I know that you and I both believe that, uh, the antidote for porn addiction or any kind of sexual addiction is connection. And um, certainly helps if you're utilizing other tools too. But you have created two different ways, two very separate ways of holding oneself accountable and having that connection. So I'm going to ask you, um, how does your wife feel today about the work that you've done? Oh, she's, she's super on board. Um, she's actually been probably my biggest cheerleader in that area. Um, so in our marriage, I think, I think a lot of that reason is because how much our marriage has changed. Um, because back when I was dealing with this stuff, I was kind of ignorant in terms of like where our marriage really was at. Uh, and we weren't ever in jeopardy of divorce, let's just say, but it definitely was not where it needed to be. And she'll, she'll tell people openly now in front of me sometimes, but it was like, yeah, there was a time where I just used to think to myself like, Hey, I could do this alone if I need to. 
you know, and, uh, but man, like our marriage is so much different now. It's, it's ridiculous. And I think, I just think she sees that and says, man, I want this for other people. So she's, she's really, she's passionate about it. Um, she's behind us and behind this thing a hundred percent. And it's like, Hey, whatever we got to do, we got to do and whatever it takes, you know, terms of the app and in terms of the community, the online community, is there a possibility that this could backfire? You know, I know a lot of partners sometimes worry that if their spouse attends a group, they'll either learn extra ways of acting out, they'll learn about extra sites, um, or it'll just foster a community where guys simply come to vomit up their transgressions, if you will, and clear their consciousness and never really move forward. Have you found that to be true? Um, I found that that could be true, uh, depending on the culture. So I, I would say the first, the first objection, I'll be honest, I really wouldn't worry about that too much. Like, oh, they might find new ways or, I mean, I guess it depends on the community. If, if it's not being moderated right or led right, then that could happen, right? I mean, in, in our small groups and in the app, we are very clear about the fact that, like, hey, when you're talking about what you dealt with, leave out details, specifics, links, that sort of thing. So we're very clear on that. Um, but I guess potentially it could happen. But in our experience, that's, that's never been an issue, the, the idea that, like, they could go further down the rabbit hole because they're going to learn new tips and tricks to look important, you know? Uh, the vomit, the, the idea of like, oh, it's just going to give guys a place to get it off their chest and not do anything. That's a major, that's a major concern. And that was the major one I had. Not with the small group so much because that's led by a leader. And, you know, there is an investment there. So they're kind of serious about it. But with the app, I definitely was a little concerned about that at first. I was like, okay, hey, how do we, how do we avoid this? Because years ago, I remember I, I joined a Facebook group that was for something like that. It was for, I forgot what it was called, but like God over porn or something like that. Anyway, I signed up not because at the time I had to, I had an issue anymore. I actually signed up because I was working with this other organization and was like, Hey, let me sign up and see what they're about. Um, and, and it was, there was a lot of that in there. A lot of guys just like coming back every single day going, Oh yeah, I screwed up again, guys. Oh, Messed up again, guys. You know, I'll try better tomorrow. And uh, I think, at least in our app, I don't really see that. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, biased. I'm just, I don't really see that. But I think that's also because we have worked really hard to establish a culture of accountability. And, you know, whether it's in just the comments and replies, because I'll reply to guys all the time. And if I see a guy say, oh, yeah, I had a mess, I, I messed up. I'll try better rather than letting it go. Sometimes I'll, I'll come and back. I'll say, Hey, glad you're owning it, but what, how are you going to do better? You know, what, what could have gone better today? What went wrong? Have you, have you dug in to kind of figure out what kind of triggered this, you know? So just always, whether it's through comments or through our teaching, cause we, we put out a ton of content every week, every month, whether it's video or podcasts or articles, like we're always putting our content and, and all that stuff, like we're always pushing on guys and challenging them to say, hey, listen, like, don't just come to the table and say, hey, I messed up. Come to the table and say, hey, I messed up, but 
here's, here's what I learned. Here's what I plan on doing next time. And so, you know, we've really done, I think I'm not patting ourselves on the back, but I think we've done a, a, a very good job at, at establishing a culture that's not going to really tolerate that. Let's just say. Well, so now I'm going to ask you, do you have any proof of that? Not that I'm doubting you here, but uh, is there any proof? Are you doing any studies, anything that shows that yes, indeed, this resource really works? So that's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, So for the small groups, I could say absolutely I have proof. Uh, We started this again eight years ago, I guess, when we started building it out. And through that time, so we have about 50 leaders now, and I would say easily 85 to 90% of the male leaders at least, because we have groups for spouses as well and women addicts, um, not as many because there's just not as many signing up. But, um, but our male leaders, 80, 80 to 90% of our male leaders were all group members at one point. So, you know, we've seen it. I mean, I, I have guys, in fact, we have, we have levels of leadership. So we have group leader and we have something called a zone leader who's responsible for multiple leaders. And then, and then I oversee the zone leaders. And I think all our zone leaders were, uh, you know, former had, had, had issues before and we're, and we're group members in our program. So they've, they've not only graduated, if you would, but then they've also led other guys who are now also leading. It's kind of cool. So I would say on the small group side, without a doubt, I mean, I've just seen it too many times with the app. Well, it's an experiment. I mean, we're, we launched the app last year. It's been up and running full blown for about five months, but based on the comments and the replies I'm seeing and the testimonials I'm getting, like I would say, yeah, it's working. I mean, I had one guy, I had one guy messaged me about a month ago. He just, he just said, hey, Carl, I just want to let you know this app is saving my marriage, which I was like, that's crazy. But it was kind of cool to hear, you know. Um, and Absolutely. I've seen a lot of guys make comments about things, like not not to that level, but I've seen a ton of guys making comments about like, hey, you know, I'm, 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 I'm making progress. I've been sober before, but something about it feels different now. Like I just, I see a lot of, a lot of comments to that effect. So I would say, I don't know if I wouldn't call it clinical proof. Let's just say it's not going to, it's not going to meet those standards, but I would say in terms of practical everyday living stuff, like, yeah, I'd say we have proof. Okay. And so I'm, I'm also going to ask you, um, do you believe, well, I said before, I think community and connection are so important to any kind of recovery. Um, what other things do you think are important to increase um, the success of a recovery? Oh, well, I mean, <clears throat> that's, why we, that's why we include a lot of free teaching, and uh, we, we've, we have free workshops in there. And, in fact, we're filming a, we're filming a new workshop this Friday night um, for married men in terms of, like, how to kind of navigate, how to navigate your recovery with your spouse. Uh, so I understand that, like, community is huge, but they, there still needs to be, if you will, an educational component to it. I definitely think counseling is a great thing. Uh, I think, I'm not going to say it's required per se, but I would say if you can do it, 
it's well worth the investment, even if it's torn aside. It's just it's a good it's a good practice uh, to kind of dig in there and try to figure out what's going on. Because I think community again, community is awesome, and I think that well, I don't think it's the only like it's not a silver bullet. You know, join the app and you'll quit just because you're in there with a bunch of guys. Like that's not going to happen. But I would also say that if you don't have community and you're doing some of these other things like a workshop or counseling or whatever, I, I would argue that your results will probably be mixed at best if you don't have that community component as well. So I think it's an essential component of the recovery journey, certainly not the only one. I think there's definitely something to be said about the fact that you got to kind of get to the real root of why you're using this stuff in the first place, figure out some of those deeper pains and anxieties that you're trying to numb with your porn use. And uh, that's only going to come with, you know, a lot of introspection, education, counseling, whatever. So I definitely think you need that stuff as well. Yeah, I am so glad you said that because I trained under Patrick Carnes, who of course was the father of 12-step groups for sex addiction. And he says, you know, He's training us to be certified sexual addiction therapists, but he says, believe me, you are not strong enough to help a man or woman deal with their porn or sexual addiction. It has to be a whole community, and it has to be a whole committee. And in that committee, he says, it really should be meetings and mentors and sponsors and individual work and therapy and within that group and apps and reading about sex addiction and perhaps even a therapy group for sex addicts and accountability tools. And and so I'm wondering, it sounds like your online groups really help to hold each other accountable. Um, how can a wife or a spouse recommend this or ask her husband to sign up for your app or your online group. Okay. Well, I'm a man, so at the risk of speaking for spouses, which is kind of, you know, which is definitely risky because <laughs> I'm not a woman. But I would say if it's already a known issue in a marriage, which I'm hoping that's the case, right? I mean, if you're if you're a woman that knows the guy, your husband's using this stuff and he hasn't owned it yet, that's going to be a little awkward. Um, but if you're in a situation where it's already kind of a known issue, um, whether he's actively working on it or he just seems kind of frustrated with it or whatever, but he, he's expressed some sort of interest in the fact that he does want to get better, he does want to get rid of this stuff, then I would say you go to him and, hey, listen, you know, I know you want to, I know you said you want to get this out of your life. I know you want to work on it. I also know that. This isn't easy. Um, it, there's, I mean, there's a ton out there, but trying to find the good stuff, or the, you know, decipher the good stuff from the bad stuff probably isn't that easy. I know you don't really have anybody to talk to all the time, uh, like a guy, like someone who's going to kind of understand where you're at and can and really have, like, these deeper conversations with you. You know, I found, I found this site, and uh, I think this could be great, and it could really help you. You know, why don't you just... Why don't you try it, you know, and see, and see what you think. But I think having other men in your life that can kind of walk this, walk through this with you is going to be super beneficial for both of us. Well, I like that a lot. And so what I heard you saying is that 
the small groups online or the Live Free community um, are not available to women sex addicts. It's just men. And that a wife can either go and take a look at the resources at www.smallgroupsonline.com or www.livefreecommunity.org. Check it out and, and or give your husband these two web addresses and say, honey, would you be willing to do this? It sounds like it's a good program. At least check it out and see for yourself. Yes, and I would say just on the small group side, we do have we do have small groups for spouses and we do have small groups for women, like women addicts, shall we say. Um, like I said, we don't have quite the selection that we have for the men, um, just because of okay, we just we don't have as many visitors coming. And trust me, if we had if we had as many spouses coming to us as men, we'd have that many groups because um, my wife's really passionate about that as well. But but we do have those groups. In terms of the app, yes, the app is just for men. Now we are working on a, we're working on a kind of version of that for, for spouses mm-hmm. specifically. And then eventually I'm hoping we can do something with the women as well, but we got to find the right person to kind of lead that because I'm not, I'm not so foolish to think that I can tell a woman how she's feeling or how to run her life. You know, I think that, I think there needs to be a female voice in there kind of leading that effort. And uh, I'm, Certainly, I would be back there helping organize things, but I don't want to be the lead voice there because I'm, uh, I'm. I know how to talk to men, uh, and confront, you know, hold them accountable and encourage them. But I'm not going to try to pretend like I can do that with a woman. So got it. And I want to know. So, are you directly working with any churches or, or, in with in any partnerships and offering your resources? Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're still kind of early in the process. We we do have a couple churches that we're basically, we have a church partners program with the app specifically, which allows the church to operate a group within our community that belongs to the church. So it's kind of, it's kind of branded to them, but then their members that sign up for the app um, have access to our larger community, but they have access to a community inside the app that's just for their church. So we we've dealt with we we are dealing with a couple of them. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I wish it'd be a lot more. It's really hard trying to get some of these guys to respond. I've sent out a ton of emails, and you just don't get the replies that you would want. Uh, and we're working with a couple, trying to work with a couple uh, men's type discipleship organizations. Which, if those things go well, I think that could create some really cool opportunities for both of us because they're not really tackling the porn issue per se, but they're tackling like the male discipleship stuff. And we're saying, Hey, like we're kind of tackling that too, but specific to porn. So how can we work together? Cause there's guys in the app that could use discipleship in other areas of their life outside of sex and porn. And I'm sure you got a lot of guys that maybe they're doing well with fitness and financial goals and their spiritual life, but they really need help in this area. So, um, so we're working on that actively and trying to build as many partner networks as we can because I think, you know, we're, we're better together. Uh, I don't want to be one of those organizations that feels like it's got to own, you know, it's got to have a monopoly on everything and doesn't want to play well with others because they're so afraid that they're going to lose their quote-unquote market share. Like, that's just, that's just I don't want to be that guy. Absolutely. And, you know, 
what I know to be true uh, is that in providing these kind of resources, you're really providing an opportunity for men to work through some of the issues that they need to work through so that they can be better spouses, um, better, because uh, I know it, it doesn't have to be just married men, but better people in today's community. And I always say, because I run a sexual addiction group, I always say, what you learn in here, you can take out there and be better for it. And we know that these kind of groups provide a training ground for real life. And when it comes to things like porn addiction, we need to uh, free ourselves from the shame that comes with it. And that is your philosophy, yeah. is it not? Oh, That's yeah. what you believe yeah, in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think uh, for me, I'd say one of the one of the kind of, I mean, I, it's been something that, was like in the center of my mind in terms of when we started putting this thing together, but over the past six months has even become a bigger passion of mine, if you will. And that is the, the whole shame factor is like so huge because even inside the community, I see guys like they'll come in and they'll say, Hey, I'm really ashamed to admit this and I'm beating myself up. And it's like, Hey, listen, like you're in a safe environment here. You can talk about this stuff and you're going to be challenged, but, you don't need to feel shame when you, when, you know, it's, it's the opposite. You shouldn't feel shame. You're, you're actually owning what you did and you, and you're confessing it. And that's, that's cool. You know, so the shame's huge. And I think my hope is that as guys, you know, get used to talking with other people who are also on the same road as them, they'll start to understand that like, Hey, this isn't something, this isn't something I need that I should be okay with. Right. Like I'm, I'm not saying like, Hey, you shouldn't feel shame because there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. It's fine. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but you know, like you shouldn't feel shame in terms of the fact that, Hey, this is you're, you're damaged. You know, you're dealing with some brokenness in your life. We all have brokenness in our life. Not everybody's brokenness is porn. Sometimes it's finances. Sometimes it's whatever, but we all deal with brokenness. Your brokenness is really at the end of the day, no worse than anyone else's. And, uh, and you're trying to do something about it. So don't feel shameful about the fact that, that you're a little jacked up because we all are. And the thing is, you're, you're working on it and you're being transparent. And if somebody, you know, I want to see people get to the point where they can, they can honestly say, hey, if, if you have a problem, if, like, if my transparency makes you uncomfortable, then that's, that's your problem to deal with. That's not my problem, you know, because I think that's, Ultimately, when we're talking about freedom from this stuff, true freedom, in my opinion, goes way beyond just sobriety. You know, it's, it's freedom, yes, from the behavior and the patterns and all that, but it's also freedom from, you know, the pains and, and the things that you're trying to medicate in the first place. And ultimately, it's freedom from the shame you have that you, that you insist on carrying around because you deal with this, you know, or you've dealt with it. Yeah, absolutely. Carl Thomas, thank you so much for putting this app together, getting, you know, being true to yourself and getting clean and, and taking your life to the next level. The other thing that Patrick Carnes always told me is when you're working with addicts, them leave a legacy. And you are leaving a legacy by having developed this app and these online groups. So continued success. Keep us posted of additional additional work you're doing, and God bless. Sure. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. It was good talking. Absolutely. Thank you right. so much, and make it a great week. Oh, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. So, obviously, that's the man who cares. That's the man who had an idea. He's not the first man to have an app that's been helpful in recovery, but he's the first man I know of that has this app that, um, you know, comes from the ministry. And I just think it's it's always amazing when people figure out new and different ways to help others. I mean, that's what life's all about, right? Exactly. Okay, I am Carol Jurgensen-Chief, a.k.a. Carol the Coach. I realize from the get-go this was probably a fuzzy podcast. I don't know why. I've done over 400 podcasts uh, having three different shows, and that has never happened to me. It was some sort of a connection problem. Um, so I'm sorry that you had to listen to a little bit of fuzziness, but I hope you got to hear the message because it was well worth it. I'll talk to you later. You make it a good one. And remember, there will only be one of you at all times. I want you to fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And if you're looking for a coach or a clinician, Go to appsats.org. Go to appsats.org, the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, to find a professional in your area who is trained to help you after sexual betrayal. That is absolutely right. The premier, the frontier um, organization to keep partner sensitivity alive and to help you get your needs met. Appsats.org. We'll see you next week.